This is Gulf Coast Life, and I'm Carrie Barber. Thanks for joining us. Readers and eaters in Southwest Florida, pay attention to what Annabelle Tomatich has to say. She's been a restaurant critic and food writer for the Fort Myers News Press for years now. She's been on staff at the paper in all for almost 18 years. She and her colleagues always keep us up, up to date about where to eat, what to eat, and what to maybe avoid in Southwest Florida. I'm sorry to say, though, that Tomatich is leaving the news press her farewell column runs tomorrow. She's been on this show many times over the years, and we're thrilled that she could make some time to come on this week so we can look back over her work at the paper over the years and talk about what's next for her. Annabelle, welcome back to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you so much for having me again. It's good to be here. This is a major milestone, isn't yes. it? You leaving the news press. Can you start by giving us a little history? What, How long have you been there? What oh roles have you played? Yeah. So technically, my last day was December 31st. <gasps> oh, sorry. Um, but my farewell column is running tomorrow. And I've had some, you know, you build up a stock of stuff that kind of runs in your absence. Um, that's been running since I left. But um, yeah, I, I, my, I started in 2005, 2006. And yeah. Um, at the time, I was uh, I had skipped out on medical school. Um, I decided I wanted to become a cook. Uh, that went real. <laughs> that did not go over very well with my <laughs> Filipino mother, um, but we survived. And I, I was a line cook at Iguanamia for <laughs> for a little while. Um, you know, a bastion of fine dining in Fort Myers. <laughs> um, I made amazing guacamole. I you know I, I was the grill person for a little bit. I, I did the salad station. Um, I went over to a catering company for a while, um, worked on their restaurant side too, kind of managing operations on the restaurant side. And I got it in my head that I should open my own catering company. And so this was 2004, 2005. There's you know just mortgage broker money and real estate money everywhere in Fort Myers and Southwest Florida. And my idea was we would do breakfast, lunch, catering. And um, that would free me up to have like my nights free to do what I wanted. And uh, it's very hard to own <laughs> and operate your own catering company. And yeah. I quickly realized that I was losing money like very, very rapidly. And I needed a night job. So I had a friend who was in career placement. I was like, if you see any night jobs come across your desk, let me know. And she's like, I have one at the news press. It's uh, for a sports, it's on the sports desk as an agate clerk. And I was like, I don't know what that means. She's <laughs> like, you have to pass a typing test. I was like, I think I can do that. So I, I went in and I interviewed to be the agate clerk with uh, Mark Bickle and Ed Reed, who are still at the newspaper right now. And for some reason, they hired me, which blew my mind. Um, I passed the typing test. I passed a little copy, edi copy editing exam. And um, I was the agate clerk. And I would come in at 6, 7 o'clock at night. I'd work until the final edition went out, which back then was like 11, 15, 11, 30, which seems wild now because our editions go out so much earlier. Um, yeah, and, and uh, what is agate? What is agate? <laughs> I say it's like ESPN.com before there was an ESPN.com. Okay, yeah. So it was like it was like for fantasy sports addicts and like people who tracked like the horse races at the you know across on the other coast and everything. But it was a page where I would pull the um, MLB scores from the wire. I would pull NFL stats and all those things, and then we would get calls from the local country clubs about who had holes in one today at the oh, wow. Cypress Lake country club like wherever it was you know and we get calls from the shuffleboard leagues at the trailer parks which i kid you not you know if the coconut creek 
trailer parks, RV scores didn't, or RV shuffleboard scores didn't run, we'd hear it. Like it we, we would get, pit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would get complaints about it. And so it was my job to take all that information and squeeze it into like five and a half point font in these little boxes on the agate page, which is always the back page of the sports section. Um, and, you know, I, I always say I sat like next to the boat rider. I sat behind the golf rider. We had a fishing rider. We had, you know, there was probably 20 people just in the sports section in 2005. And mm, those were the days. Those were the days. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so like over time, I got a couple stories handed my way and um, got into high school sports writing covering, you know, all the swimming, football, basketball matches and stuff going on. And... Uh, then I, I was like, well, it would I, I would love to do food, <laughs> you know, like it would make a lot more sense. Like I, I appreciated sports and I, I learned a lot about sports while I was there. But food made was what I loved. Um, and I, I would pitch some stories to the lifestyle editor at the time and be like, hey, you know, there's a new Asian market opening up. I'd love to write about it. It's like the first one we've had that's bigger than a postage stamp. Like, <laughs> can we do a story about it or, you know, whatever other little things kind of tickled my fancy back then. And um, I think I I wrote a handful of food stories while I was still doing sports. And then one of our critics at the time, at the time we had two um, Jean LeBouf critics who were taking turns each week. And Karen Feldman was one of them. She's here at FGCU now. Um, She left to come here. And I was like, oh my gosh, pick me. <laughs> like, please, please, please let me be Jean LeBouf. Like, I would yeah. I would love that. It makes so much more sense. Um, and so I started, I started kind of balancing both where I was writing sports a little bit, but then every other week I would write a JLB column and um, get to go to restaurants and, and write about them and talk about it and everything. And um, it lasted that way until 2010, 2011, and that was when our other uh, restaurant critic, Drew Strawald, left, and he also came here to FGCU. Um, and they gave me a, a full-time food writing position and let me kind of take over the food section, the taste section each Wednesday and run with it and do what I wanted to do, which was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So you were always, were you always, um, when you were criticizing or whatever the verb is yeah. when you started as a critic where you were Jean LeBeouf the whole time right always you oh, never yeah. you never critiqued under your real yeah name. and there was a very weird but like fine like like very weird but clear line of like if this is going to be an opinion it's going to be Jean LeBeouf it's not going to have my name okay, on it yeah. if this is going to be a profile on a chef or if it's you know a trend story about you know a bunch of restaurants opening or closing or something happening on Fort Myers Beach or you know breaking news in the mm. restaurant world that would have my byline on it but the the opinion stuff like only Jean LeBeouf got to have opinions he was he <laughs> quote unquote he in my head was the only one who was allowed to you know kind of like tell you if this was good or bad or tell you if this was, you know, worth your money or worth going to or not. So that's so interesting. Yeah. So I know I want to I want to talk to you about that. I, I loved your essay a couple of years ago about how writing as this French guy yes. kind of gave you freedom and privilege that you felt you didn't have as yourself. Right. As a Filipino mom who drives a minivan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What was it like writing as as him and right. yeah it was say more about it was that. a dream like it was a dream I never thought to dream like I grew up reading Jean LeBouf columns wow. with my dad when I was a kid because I grew up in this town you know I'm a Fort Myers girl 
Um, and I remember, you know, seeing different ones like, you know, magnet stuck to the fridge because we were going to go check out this little seafood place down in Bonita or, you know, whatever it is that my dad thought would be fun to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I grew up with it. I, I worked in restaurants. I remember the little catering company where I worked. We got reviewed by Jean Leboeuf. And I remember the day it came out, us just like sitting at the counter and like pouring over every single word, trying to figure out who served him. You know, I remember he had a complaint about the seafood chowder. And I was like, oh, it was like a Monday seafood chowder, which means it's like the leftover seafood chowder. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. It's kind of gross on Mondays. <laughs> like, um, I mean, just like absolutely hanging on every letter that was in that review and you know i think i can't remember what how many stars we got but um yeah it, it, it was when i got to the paper i don't think I, I didn't come there with that intention but as soon as i had that foot in the door i was like let's figure out how we can be that jlb guy <laughs> let's see if they'll ever let me be the the jlb person because that would be fantastic that'd be so much more fun than sports <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. So when did you reveal yourself? So the reveal piece came out, I want to say it was spring of 2021, February or March of 2021. So that was pretty recently. It was I mean, very that's, that's a yes. long, JLB had a long 15 run. 15 years of me. Of, I mean, yeah, the, the name itself has been around since 1979. Um, so, you know, I inherited it by... Yeah by all means, but, um, and it's still around, you know, like it's still kind of that local brand, but, um, and that was kind of the deal that I struck with the paper was like, you know, I, I, I realized at some point the sacrifice that had been made of, of not writing these reviews as myself. Um, you know, there, there had been some opportunities that arose in other markets where it was like, well, so how do I know that you wrote this? And I was like, just trust me. I did <laughs> like, you know, you can call my yeah. editor if you want to, um, and at the same time, 15 years as Jean Leboeuf, when at that point I was the only food writer at the news press, like it's a pretty thin veil to think that like, you know, we've had cuts in these areas, but we happen to have like someone else doing the reviews and someone else doing the other food content. Um, I think a lot of people figured it out, mm. um, especially I wouldn't say a lot of people in Southwest Florida did, but a lot of people in the restaurant world of Southwest Florida did, you know, mm -hmm. where I would go to restaurants and you could kind of tell like, you know, the waiter would be really nervous and the staff's all kind of watching me and oh. hoping that I enjoy my food and you know, someone came up to me at the end of one of the reviews. I was there with my husband and my daughter, and he was like, they had gone to the bathroom, so it was just me at the table. And he was like, how how did we do? And oh. I was like, I'm sorry? <laughs> He's like, you're the lady from the paper, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, did we do okay? I was like, no, no, you did wonderful. Like, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, you know, oh, here's your tip. Oh, I was wondering that. <laughs> yeah. Extra, I was extra wondering extra if, people, if people. Yeah. It became a kind of thin veil it over out. the years. Yeah. Uh, especially with a certain set of, you know, the, the kind of very tied in chefs who have publicity teams and marketing companies behind them, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Did Was there a pushback when you revealed your real selves? I was very <laughs> worried. I was very, very worried. Um, I would say that kind of my editors around me, we were divided into two camps. And I was on, honestly split down the middle because there was a chance to, um, we were going to get rid of the name like five years before we did. Um, and for whatever reason, it, it, it never happened. But um, 
there was kind of like the team Jean LeBouf and the team Annabelle. And I was honestly like, like part of me was on both teams because I could see the advantages of it because there's there is a freedom to not having your name attached to a scathing review or even to like an overly glowing review that people then are like, no, that place was garbage. Like, how dare you give it three stars or four stars or whatever? Like there was comfort in that. Um but again, you know, th- there's also the sacrifice of like not having, you know, I, I probably wrote, I think I calculated more than 500 reviews in those 15 wow. years. And, you know, those are 500 bylines and opportunities that were not mine. Um, yes. So, so yes, when it came out, I was like, well, you know, in my head, I saw it as like killing this institution, <laughs> even though we were trying to preserve it, we were trying to keep the name around and the brand around. Um, and I was like, I think some readers are going to feel the same. And I, I braced myself for that kind of, you know, bite back or that um, anger, I guess. And uh, aside from a handful of, and there's always going to be, you know, mm-hmm. you're not a jar of Nutella, you're not going <laughs> to please everybody. There's always going to be a handful of people who don't agree. But um, it was overwhelmingly positive. Overwhelmingly, oh, wonderfully positive, um, you know, and it, it definitely made the decision feel right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah. I just want to, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Annabelle Tomatich, who's a longtime staffer at the Fort Myers News Press. She may be best known as a food critic, restaurant critic, and um, she is leaving the paper. She has left the paper, I no. guess, officially. <laughs> oh, that's so sad to say. Um, do you see, ha- have you looked back at your old, have you done oh, any yes. sort of reflecting and like, <laughs> how have I changed and grown? Yes. And, yeah. I mean, my early, I think my very first review was of Key Lime Bistro on Captiva, which God bless, let's hope they reopen mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and, you know, it, it, when we started, it was a very specific style where it was based off of one visit and it was, you know, it was kind of, and I, I wanted to stick to that style because I was trading off every week, you know, so it would be me and, and then it was Drew and then it was me and I, I wanted it to sound the same. Um, and Drew was also following that same style because it was him and Karen before me and so they wanted to sound the same. And, um... It was like, you know, I walked into the restaurant and the hostess seated us at this table by the water and I had the coconut ceviche for, you know, an appetizer and then I had this and then drinks were lovely. And, you know, it was very kind of formulaic um, of walking the the reader through this this one meal at this one restaurant. Um, And I think when I got the chance to have it on my own. I was like, let's do what like is, we're supposed to do. You know, like the Association of Food Journalists, I was like, let's just follow what their rules are, which is, you know, try to do multiple visits, especially if it's a either a very bad review or a very glowing review where you want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're evening that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try, try to give them the benefit of the doubt in those ways. Uh, and then to try to, you know, make it less about this one experience and more about the restaurant as a whole, where you're talking more about the owners, you're talking more about their background, like what informs their menu, um, things of that nature, just just to paint a rounder picture of each restaurant. So it's not just that, you know, I went this one time and it was good. It's that the owners are from Lebanon and they make their hummus with, you know, these imported chickpeas that they soak for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the time it gets to your table, it's had sumac dust on top of it. And, you know, the creaminess is just like his grandmother's, it, you know, just to give it that that story more, which is what makes food so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so what's next? So what's, let's, let's talk about your next chapter. What's, what's happening? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I've been, I have a book coming out. <gasps> this is so exciting. Which so is exciting. like a hard sentence to say for oh, some reason because so for so fantastic. long it was like, I hope to have a book coming out. Yes. But I have a book coming out in spring of 2024. Um, so a year from now, mark your calendars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell us. The, what's, what, yeah, sorry, the mango ahead. tree. The mango tree is what it's called. Um and it's, a, it's about growing, it's a memoir. It's a, the, the full title, which I think we're set on, is The Mango Tree, A Memoir of Fruit, Florida, and Felony. Um, and so it centers on an incident in 2015 where my mother shot at someone who was stealing mangoes, who she claims was stealing mangoes from her yard. Uh, she missed. He was, he's okay. Um, but she shot, how, uh, she shot out his truck's rear window um, and you know, first appearance hearing, we're sitting there and my phone's ringing and it's our breaking news reporter from the news press. And I was like, Mike, what do you want? <laughs> he was like, is this your mom? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so the kind of the central question of the book is why would this Filipino grandmother shoot a man over mangoes? And um, yeah, I, I, I go into my childhood and what the tree meant to us and our family yeah. and you know, growing up half Filipino with a white father and a Filipino mother in a county named after Robert E. Lee and what that was like in the 80s not and 90s. Not the most welcoming Right, not the most diverse. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, my dad passed. He died when I was nine, you know, so it's kind of like that one white family member of ours was gone. And, you know, um, so it goes into a lot of those kind of identity issues, which only complicate themselves when you then spend 15 years writing under a French man pseudonym. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> yes. It's a lot about, it's, a, it's about all of that. Identity, family, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I can't, I'm going to be yeah. banging your door down to get a copy. <laughs> um, and what, what, um... How does your food journalism, like, can, can, is that woven into the memoir? And how do you, just from a craft perspective, like, how do you, how does your journalism tie into the memoir writing? It's funny because, like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to write, like, a food memoir. Um, but my agent and the earliest people who have read it have been, like, you know, your food stuff is amazing. I'm like, is there a lot of food stuff in there? Because I, I did it wasn't that I tried to shy away from that, but um, you know, and and we're in revisions right now and kind of going through the, those revisions. There's a whole scene with mangoes. You know, when we used to go to Pine Island and pick mangoes every summer, and I mean, yeah, that the, there's a lot of food. You know, like rivulets of sticky juice like tracing mm-hmm. paths down my arm and things like that where I was like oh you did you did lean into that food <laughs> <laughs> those food words <laughs> more than more than I realized I did um and that was it because that's my muscle memory you know that's that's what yes. I know so yes. it's definitely there and does is how does your mom feel <laughs> that's a good question my sister and my brother and I have talked about this that that we were curious if she would ever read it um yeah, I, I don't think I've seen my mom pick up a book in a very long time. Um, but she's also she's very unashamed of who she is. And she's very unashamed of what she did. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like just hearing that story. I'm like, yeah, right, the guy yeah. was stealing from her. He was like, taking her mangoes, yeah. which again, we have no physical proof that he actually was. <laughs> so allegedly, my mom claims he was stealing mangoes yeah. from her. But um you know, she she ended up serving five years of probation. She's a she's a convicted felon um, in the state of Florida, and um, she served her whole five years despite you know passing every drug test, obviously, and making every single appointment with her probation officer. Um, 
because whenever we would bring up early termination, we would remind her that you have to say sorry to the judge and you have to apologize for your actions. And her response was, why would I be sorry? That man should be sorry. Why would I be sorry? Oh, that's so interesting. So we're not going to take her in front of the judge (laughs) and create one more spectacle. Um, But to this day, she will tell you that she's, you know, she's like, I've paid my fines. I have have served my time, but I am not sorry for what I did. Um, So, you know, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I hope I painted a very fair picture of her and um, her motivations and her, you know, desires. Um, I wonder, too, if I'm just thinking uh, with stand your ground, like I feel like things have gotten so much more like if that's got to happen today. (laughs) He was off of her property driving away. So the Florida stand your ground laws were not in effect for my mom. So that's on her. Oh, I <laughs> that's see. On her. I thought yes. I thought it was like before they were passed or something. No, okay. no. Sandergan was firmly in effect in 2015, uh, and we were all like, "Well, this is Florida." <laughs> you know, right. it was it was also it was a BB gun. I like to point out, like it was an air right. rifle. It was not a it was not a firearm, mm. which was a very important distinction we learned because had it been a firearm, then it's 1020 life mandatory. So it would be her discharging a firearm at the scene of a crime, which would be 20 years mandatory minimum in the state. So. We were very, very fortunate in a way that it was not classified as a firearm. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, there's so much in there. Never a dull moment. I can see why you, <laughs> why you had to write a book about it. Yes. Um, and what else? I mean, I know you're also, speaking of your mother, I know you're also kind of caring for her I now. Know, and yeah. you have kids yeah. and you're kind of in the sandwich generation. Exactly. Which my is another, column tomorrow yeah. touches a lot on sandwich generation and how that does not mean pastrami <laughs> or beel. <laughs> Teas. Like, I really hoped <laughs> I'd get to that. They were just like, here's a corned beef on rye. I'm like, oh, fantastic. Pickle? pickle <laughs> yeah, no I pickle? like a pickle. I love a pickle. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is not what the sandwich generation is. It is that you are sandwiched between all these pressures of children and aging parents. And, you know, you're just that squeezed little thin slice of turkey in the middle, <laughs> kind of hoping for the best. Um but yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And that was honestly, you know, th- my main reason for leaving the news press was the book coming out. But then also, you know, I, I have an, a fantastic husband who is amazing. But we have kids who are one kid's on a travel soccer team and mm. he's, you know, a wonderful soccer player. And we spend so many weekends in various parts of Florida. Um, my daughter's in gym- gymnastics. I'm taking my mother to doctor's appointments and everything. And it's, it's all those pressures kind of yeah. coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we will miss your byline, whether yeah. you're the old white guy or the <laughs> <laughs> or yourself. Old French dude. <laughs> French dude, yeah. yeah. Annabelle Tomicic, restaurant critic for the news press. Former. Emeritus. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's always great to talk to you, and I hope you'll come back when you. When Thank you, you so much. Whatever yeah. the next chapter, yes. and you'll come back and talk about yes. your book and all that stuff. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash GCL. We will link to Annabelle's essay that we talked about. Thank you for listening. We had production help today from Mike Canary and Jared Gonzalez and social media help from Tara Callaghan. This is NPR for Southwest Florida, 90.1 WGCU-FM Fort Myers, Naples, and Port Charlotte, and 91.7 WMKO Marco Island. We are a member-supported service of Florida Gulf Coast University, and my name is Carrie Barber. Thank you for listening.